Welcome back to another episode of My Neighbors Are Dead. I'm your host, Adam Peacock, and we're all familiar with the big names in horror. Freddy, Jason, the Colorado cannibal. But who we're not familiar with are the ones just outside the terror, the ones who didn't get to tell their tales. And helping me do that this week, host of the Meat Podcast and founder of the We Improv School, Jake Jabor. Jake, thank you so much for doing this. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I can't wait to talk about, well, we're going to talk about Event Horizon, but before we started recording, and I don't know if you have any stories about this whatsoever, but you were informing me the town that you grew up in, Phantoms, Ben Affleck's Phantoms was filmed in the town over. Were you around for that? Did you see Ben? Did you see Rose McGowan? What happened with Phantoms? Um, I, I wish I had more of a story. It was just like, I mean, I, I went to a very, I grew up in a very small town called Idaho Springs, uh, and then the town over is Georgetown. Um, we're talking like there were 300 people in my high school, and uh, I think it was like yeah. right around middle school or something. They were like, they're filming a like a horror movie in Georgetown with Ben Affleck, and then... <laughs> You know, this was before the internet or anything, so who knew? And then it came out, and we were all like, oh, we wished it could have been better, I think, was sort of the, like... (laughs) (laughs) It was like, we might get touched by fame, and then it was kind of a dud of a movie, so... Um, I haven't watched it in probably 20 years, so maybe it's better than I remember. I don't think I've ever seen it, Jake. I remember hearing about it and being excited, and then I heard it was just terrible, and then Kevin Smith brought it up in a movie, and that's my only affiliation with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Jay and Silent Bob referencing Phantoms was a cooler thing than the actual movie, perhaps. <laughs> well, we should all watch uh, Phantoms at some point, but the yeah. movie we're talking about today is Event Horizon. I love this movie. Jake, why did you pick this movie? Um, Event Horizon was like, I guess I picked it because it was most uh, recent in my mind in terms of like, uh, when you asked about it, I was like, oh, I watched that for the first time like a couple years ago since I saw it as a kid and mostly like it was one of those like scary movies where uh, you're like watching it at a slumber party or whatever, and people are afraid that they're going to get too scared, so you start like paying less attention or goofing around or whatever, right? Sure, like, sure. sort of to uh, break the hypnosis the movie may have on you. And yeah, and then I was coaching an improv group, and they were talking about Event Horizon, and I was like, man, I've seen that, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. Um, but it always like stood out to me as this terrifying movie that came out uh, right in that age when I was like, when we were kids were like having sleepovers and being able to pick the movies and stuff. And then I rewatched it and I was like, Oh my, this movie is insane. Like um, (laughs) uh, it's just a terrifying, terrifying mostly in, I mean like, I'm trying to think why it's so terrifying because it's not like mm-hmm. I have ever been to space or will go to space or have been on a spaceship. So it's not sure. like, you know, like a haunted house or something is like something you could. But I think I, I was mostly like freaked out by uh, the idea that people wanted to tell that story like it you know yeah. like yeah. that it yeah, was yeah. like such a terrifying uh 
just somebody was like, what if the, you know, we put these people on a spaceship? It seems very easy, but the way in which these people are like terrorized and haunted is just, uh, uh, yeah, uh, awful. Um, this movie, I, I, I think it just, when you were saying kind of made me think this was a movie that I think that even if you've never seen it, you sort of know it's scary and you don't, you might not know why having never seen it. Cause I think I've talked about it with people in that same situation. We're like, yeah, that's, that's a very scary movie and I've never seen it. Yes. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. Um, space, space in and of itself is a great device for horror because it's, it's terrifying, but this movie kind of, kind of fits into a thing that I, a version of space that I'm afraid of that I was, that I was afraid of through Ren and Stimpy. There's a okay. Ren and Stimpy episode, Space Madness, where they go to space and they, they just go crazy. They just lose their minds. And that's to me, this movie. And I, I don't ever want to go to space. Was so it, I think it's a good- <laughs> was it, do you, did, did you get the sense that it was satirizing event horizon? I I don't think no I don't think it had anything to do with the movie I think it was just what I took from that Ren and Stimpy episode and I and maybe this movie as well too and maybe I'm missing the point completely is I feel about space the way I do about the woods we're not supposed to be in there we're right. not supposed to go to space so we're supposed to stay where we are we should have never gone up there so I, it's a great lesson of just stay out of space absolutely and Ren and Stimpy is sort of the terrifying cartoon. When I uh like <laughs> that I, I feel yes. like I, I feel like I've had similar sort of visceral responses to both Ren and Stimpy and Event Horizon of like, oh that that's too many boogers or eyeballs being popped out. Like uh Yeah. They elicited similar responses. Ren and Stimpy will do I mean, it's great, but John Kay, they'll be a great like sequence of animation and then they'll cut to a really well drawn picture of one of them where it's just like you said boogers <laughs> snot like just things emanating from their face and they'll sit on it for a long at least what felt like a long time so yeah it really it fucked me up yeah <laughs> same same I, I i it just occurred to me as we were talking about this i was like i feel like i knew about event horizon because of its marketing um mm-hmm. But now I'm embarrassed that I might be confusing it with alien uh, marketing. I so I I can't speak to that because I'm an idiot and I loved Jurassic Park. So Sam Neill's in both of those. So I just assume that he was the same character from both movies. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Do you? Which one is the one that is in space? No one can hear you scream. Do you know if that's that's a that's alien. Okay, that's Alien. And Event yeah. Horizon, I'm looking at the poster, is Infinite Space, Infinite Terror. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of those, like, uh, oh, God, what was it? Armageddon, and then what was the other asteroid movie? Deep Impact. Oh, Deep Impact. Yes, Deep Impact. They they love playing with those with those puns of, like, it's going to rock you. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Or, yeah, um, Infinite Space, Infinite Terror. It's funny you bring up Sam Neill. I think he's one of the reasons this movie is... So terrifying to me because he represented such a like wholesome part of my like pop culture of like Jurassic Park. Even though Jurassic Park had scary things, it was like you felt like you were in good hands with Sam Neill and that he has like the most 
horrific hallucinations of hell, uh, which really uh, uh, unraveled me. I mean, it it can get to anybody. Yeah, yeah. It's terrifying. I mean, and he's got quite the quite the list of uh, uh, of scary films. You know, uh, the Omen Three. He's in that. Oh, he's in the mouth of in the mouth of madness, which is a great movie. <laughs> okay, he's in I Bicentennial Man, which I don't know if people think is scary, but I mean, yeah, you know, that's a Robin Williams is an old robot or something. That yeah, I mean yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's yeah. Robin Williams is an old <laughs> robot. Okay. Uh, do you so pri- uh, previous to Event Horizon? Do you have any? relationship with horror do you like it do you not like it uh indifferent i where do you fall oh um yeah i i don't think i um i'm not i i wouldn't classify myself as somebody who's like really a big horror head but like of the movies i own i probably own the fewest horror movies but i think that has more to do with me uh gravitating towards movies with like high rewatchability. So I really mm-hmm. like horror movies, but I don't often return to them. Uh, um, yeah. And I also am scared of them. Uh, <laughs> I watched um, uh, this during uh, quarantine. I watched the invisible man or is it the invisible woman? What did they title that? With Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the invisible man. Yeah, uh, I started watching that and I was like, and that's not even a, necessarily a horror movie, but there were enough s- shots of just an empty house suggesting that someone was in it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait to watch this. I don't, I like, I yeah. I was like, I know nobody is in my apartment, but I don't need that thought planted in my head. So I need to be able sure. to watch it with someone. and. Uh, yeah, I often get really like scared uh, in the way I think the m- movie is supposed to make you scared. And for that reason, I will avoid some movies because I'm like, I don't I know that'll work on me uh, in the same way that like I won't go to the like Scientology Celebrity Center for their buffets or whatever, because I know like I am susceptible uh, to what they're yeah. like presenting to me. So I've missed some of the more recent ones, but. I'm real quick to fall into the, well, they seem like a nice person. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And then cut to six months later and it's you and me at a buffet trying to recruit people. Uh, Exactly. Uh, Absolutely. So I have to be uh, selective about when I go into horror movies. Your uh, apartment experience reminds me of when I watched Halloween H2O with my friend Lindsay back home in Michigan. And she was at my house and I drove her home. And she made me drive home with the dome light on because she was afraid Michael Myers was in the back seat. <laughs> he was not. But I mean, again, I what I love about it is like for a brief minute after she got out of the car and I turned the dome light off for a hot second, I was like, he might be back there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is one of the <laughs> like your brain can go that extra mile to be like, well, it's possible I am the one person who's going to get murdered after seeing a horror movie. Like. Uh, everybody who left is okay, but I might be the one who, uh, there's like a newspaper heading that's like, 
person butchered after seeing uh, a horror film or whatever. I wonder what the what the statistics are on people who do get murdered after seeing horror. Movies. I'm sure almost none. Uh, it's probably none. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but that it works. I, I feel like uh, in high school, my girlfriend, high school, uh, yeah, took me to see The Ring, and I mm-hmm. was like, oh, and. I had no reason to suspect otherwise, but I was like, oh, she took me to see this to pass the curse off on to me. Like, I was like, (laughs) which is so crazy. And also probably part of the reason she was like, let me take you to go see the ring so it would be more effective. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm super susceptible to that stuff. So uh, yeah. Do you have a a specific... Uh, example of a time of, of, of an event, I guess, like going to see the ring or uh, like Michael Myers in the backseat. Did you have a specific movie as a kid or uh, a slumber party story or something like that? Your first time seeing a spooky movie? Um, yeah, the two that stand out to me, the the ones we used to rent the most often were Candyman um, mm-hmm. and Leprechaun. And Leprechaun is decidedly sillier. Uh, like very silly. I think like <laughs> it's so fun. Uh, at one point, like I think he makes a guy like hallucinate that a woman takes her top off, but it's like two oscillating fans or something, and he like puts his face in them. I think, uh, <laughs> which is like so many steps. It's like uh, it's such a long walk. Um, you could have just stabbed him or done exactly. Else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I like, uh, but I remember my friend and I like camping out in the back of his like grandma's like big station wagon. And it started with one of those conversations of like, you think mm-hmm. the leprechaun's out there? Ha ha ha. Joking around. And then I remember us being like, now we're kind of scared to leave the car. Like, uh, and like his dog, I think came up to the car and I remember mm-hmm. him freaking out and opening the door and being like, you got to get in. Like it, uh, we had convinced ourselves that the leprechaun was outside. Um, and then Candyman, I mean, is so effective to, you know, it has that scene in it where that boy goes to like a, a public bathroom in a park and Candyman like uses his hook to like. Uh, uh, it's brutal basically take the kids uh balls off um mm-hmm. and that's enough to freak you out from going into like public bathrooms uh for a long which you're time. already scary enough exactly uh, never mind all it would take is to think about the logistics of like <laughs> wait what uh yeah. like yeah. um but that was effective and you know they it's like the bloody mary they stand in the mirror and say his name and some friends and I did it. We were like, we're going to go into the bathroom. We were, must've been in elementary school or middle school. And like five of us went into the bathroom and we turned the light off. We said Candyman three times. And by coincidence, when we flipped the light back on, that was like the last life of that light bulb. And it like popped and went dark. Oh, no. And I like, if you ever want to know, like, oh, these are my best friends. They have my back. That is not true at all. <laughs> like, we all, we like to believe we're like the kids from It or Stand By Me. But sure. when f- 
me and five of my friends thought Candyman was coming out of the mirror. Like, I remember getting, like, pushed, like, into the corner, into the tub. Like, people were... It was every person for themselves. Like, it was a very sort of, like, embarrassing of, like, sorry about pushing you towards what I thought was a murder, like, a ghost murderer. Uh, Like, we all... Nobody was a brave hero in that moment. We all were, like... Fuck you guys. I want to live the rest of my life. Uh, I mean, fight or flight, buddy. You got it. You know, it's of course your survival instincts kick in. Yeah. I really want to meet Tony Todd out here. That's for me. His voice was the scariest Uh, thing in Candyman. And then when you realize that's just his voice is. Yeah. uh, It's great. I I love I really want to run into him out here because he's got to have so many stories of people just trying to summon him in their mirror in the bathroom. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm. Yeah, if he's smart, he probably found ways to like do that. Uh, or not smart, but like if it if he wasn't over exhausted by it, it's like, oh, he would be a pretty good friend to have to sort of like mess with people if that was your. He's game. leaving money on the table, I think, by not going out to a to a service like Think Geek or the Nerdist or whatever to get like a fake mirror that when you flip a switch, he's in it. Exactly. That's a great idea. Yeah. He's um, leaving money on the table. Absolutely. Yeah, he should be all our virtual backgrounds, probably. Um, <laughs> he yeah, he's great in that. I love that movie. So you were talking about hallucinations in Leprechaun, tricking a, a guy into walking into oscillating fans under the assumption that they were breasts awaiting mm-hmm. him on the other end. And there's also hallucinations in Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. Jake, do you... Do you fashion or do you do you think of yourself as somebody who would be susceptible to hallucinations in uh, as a way to to murder you by a ghost or a supervillain? Oh, that's a great question. I don't I don't know if that if I'm susceptible to the so far as to like get me to like kill myself or or you know, but I think I think that's kind of the cool thing about horror is like there are different genres depending on what sort of like freaks you out the most a little bit. Mm -hmm. So like I remember going to see uh, the exorcism of Emily Rose, I think, or whatever. uh, Yeah. yeah. In in college um, with someone and they were so freaked out at that movie because they grew up Catholic and that. And for me, I was like, oh, that one didn't really get to me. And then I was even thinking about Event Horizon and it's like, it's supposed to be hell, I think. And like um, the the religious uh, parts don't really affect me. But the idea of like being driven crazy, like ghosts also don't necessarily freak me out so much. But the idea of like not having control over what you're thinking uh, or, yeah. or being being like, yeah tricked into seeing something that you can't deduce is real or not like that to me is the most terrifying so i suppose if i'm susceptible to it i'm fully susceptible but uh that stuff always really freaks me out i 1000 percent am and this is advice for anybody out there who wants to kill me through hallucinations but it don't make it because it can't be like a naked lady because i'm already suspect of that of like if you're somewhere and there's like a naked lady bathing in a, in a stream that you know is not there. That's yes, I, don't, yeah. I don't buy that. It's got to be something like a Nintendo 64 Mario Kart kiosk to like okay, get me to go right, over and be right. like, I'll go over there and see what that's all about. And then I'm dead. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, that's 
That is so 1, funny. I, I'm almost, uh, yeah, I, I'm almost a thousand percent positive. If I saw something that looked too good to be true, I would, I would immediately go to hallucination before anything else of like, <laughs> absolutely. oh, there's no way that like, yeah, if there was like a, uh, like a convertible in my driveway or like one of those Lexus commercials with like the bow on top, I would be like, Oh, I'm having a hallucination and that's a bear trap or something like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got to get creative. You got to, for you monsters out there who want to kill Jake and I, you got to, you got to get a little more creative than, exactly. uh, than just naked ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Jake, I would love to keep talking to you about what hallucinations can murder us. Uh, but unfortunately we have to take a break because we have, well, we have a lesser known uh, hallucination that's going to be joining us all the way from space. Uh, we're going to be talking to Gail here in a minute. But Jake, thank you so much for coming by and talking spooky movies with us. Oh, my God. Thanks for having me. I could do this all day. This has been so fun. Well, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Hey, neighbors. Adam here. Have you been enjoying My Neighbors Are Dead? Well, there are two quick and easy ways you can show your support that only take a second. First, leave us a rating and review in your podcast player of choice. That can be anything from talking about a recent episode to suggesting a film for a future guest. And two, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss future episodes. It helps you, it helps us, and it helps new folks find the podcast. Thanks, and now back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, I'm so excited to talk to our next guest, Uh I don't, there's no other way to introduce this, uh, introduce our next guest. I'm talking to lesser known hallucination, Gail. Gail, thanks for joining the show. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's good to get a little attention. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, when we were talking before this, you were pretty adamant you kept hitting lesser known hallucination. And I, I, I feel, I, I felt bad when you were saying it, but I want to know what it's like to get up to the position of being a space hallucination. So talk me through your story, Gail, what got you into this line of work and, uh, what was your, what was your, uh, your, your journey to this, to this, to this place? Sure. Uh, yeah. So, um, most of the hallucinations that are on the event horizon or any other ship lost out in space, um, are hallucinations, uh, derived from hell and, Mm -hmm. um, it's a pretty choice gig. Uh, a gets you out of hell. Uh, you get to be creative. Um, and I was just a soul uh, wasting away in hell. But I put in my dues. Uh, you know, I, I tried to network, rub elbows where I could. And um, I, I made a compelling presentation and was given the opportunity uh, to go up into space to be um, a hallucination that would unravel uh, somebody's psyche uh, and drive mm-hmm. them insane to hopefully kill themselves. Um, so that's how I got so there. You, you were talking about a presentation, Gail. So what is that process like? It sounds more like, kind of like an audition to get out of hell and into this particular gig. So what is that like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's exactly what it is. Uh, it's a little bit of an audition. Uh, people do different approaches, you know. Sometimes you get people who do impressions or impersonations uh, mm-hmm. of the devil um, or of some demons, things like that. Uh, other people have a talent or a skill. Some people can pull their eyeballs out or uh, peel their own skin off. 
Um, some people can morph into dogs and things like that. Um, I went purely with statistics. I presented g- charts and graphs um, to demonstrate what might be a terror for somebody who's aboard a spaceship. So you're coming at it from a completely scientific approach as opposed to a guttural, visceral scare that these other trap souls are, are going for. That's correct. I don't think that science and religion have to be at odds. And I also believe that anybody who has gone to space has a strong belief in science. And um, I thought that that would be my way in. Uh, so I want to know, Gail, uh, this is uh, this is fascinating to know that you have to basically audition to get this gig, but I want to know more about the person you were before you got to hell. I'm assuming that, you know, in a life previous to the uh, eternal embers of, of, of damnation, you were, you were somebody who was Gail before hell. Um, I worked at an ad agency and I was actually, uh, never able to get my chance to do my presentations upon some of the products. Uh, so actually hell has been a step up in that regard. Uh, I was constantly looked over um, and it really, I was never able to advance uh, in my business, in my field, um, despite having uh, strong presentations involving statistics and research. Uh, advertising is mostly about shiny colors and catchy tunes, um, neither of which I had uh, much of a, a a knack for. So, I mean, is it fair to say that there's a little bit of frustration pre and post hell? Yes, uh, definitely. Um, I think part of the reason that I was given the opportunity to provide hallucinations on spaceships uh, is that I was... Um, maybe happier in hell than they would have liked to have seen. Because as I said, I was able to rub elbows and get a little bit more recognition than I was on earth. And so mm-hmm. then they sent me to hell uh, or then they sent me to space. And I have since realized that in space, um, my hallucinations are the least ones that are accessed by a crew of astronauts or space travelers. <laughs> So how does that work uh, when you're on the event horizon, you're with other hallucinations, you know, souls from, from, from hell. How was that divvied up? Because if you have to audition to get into the, into the hallucination game, I assuming there's some sort of running order that you hallucinations have. So how was that determined? Who makes those decisions and how much input do you have on those decisions? Absolutely. Um, it's a little bit of a varsity squad to start. So people who have a high track record of making people go insane and or kill themselves mm-hmm. um uh and uh additionally um if it's not that we like we are supposed to listen in to the conversations being heard by the astronauts uh by the space travelers and pick up on things in their life that could be used as hallucinations against them so what's your track record? I mean, like, I don't even know how you keep score of this or how you even measure productivity. Uh, how many people have you driven insane? How many people have you got to jump out of a space lock or, you know, t- deprive themselves of food? Um, I have not ha- I've been successful yet. Uh, nobody has accessed. I had one person access one of my hallucinations. 
um, which was the idea of uh, you arrive into the cafeteria later than everybody else, and there is not a seat for you, and then you have to sit alone. Oh, so you're just talking about social being ostracized socially. That's that's your yes. Yeah, that was pretty high statistically of something that people experienced or were afraid of experiencing. Um, mm-hmm. But it turns out in space, uh, people are more concerned with oxygen or um, surviving and or yeah. ghosts. I, I, again, you know, just getting to know about this whole genre of of making people go insane, it seems like you're a purist and... I got to tell you, Gail, I kind of admire that. I don't, I don't know if a lot of people are, cause you think of hallucinations and you think it's like, oh my God, it's my, it's my, it's my mom from when I was six, but now she's dead, you know, or, or this teddy bear is coming to life to rip my neck out, but you're going with things that people are legitimately afraid of socially. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I appreciate that recognition. Sometimes my hallucination would be, oh no, did I leave the stove on before I went to space? And uh, I did get to activate that one once, and then it just made that person remember that maybe they left the stove on, and they contacted Houston, and Houston sent somebody over to turn the stove off. So in that regard, I even saved lives, and that uh, I I received demerits for that. Yeah, well, I was just going to ask if you know, with the practical hallucinations, there there more or less seems to be a practical answer to to how to remedy that so you received a demotion who keeps track of these things and and what is the implications of receiving a demotion from a non-suicidal hallucination uh that's a good question um uh artemis uh keeps track of everything they are in accounting i've never met Mm -hmm. them uh i mostly just receive um scornful letters and they said that it's going on my permanent record, to which I said, I won't fall for that again. In life, I was told there was a permanent record and they there was not. And that they said, this is hell. We promise we're not lying. You have a permanent record. So um, being that this is forever and infinite, I'm worried what my record looks like um, and when that when I'll when it'll come calling due. I I I, I don't want to get too personal, but you know, we're sitting here talking and I'm listening to you talk about, you know, you work in an ad agency and, uh, you know, some people might think that's kind of a humdrum existence. I think it's great, but now you're at a point in your life when you've, you've lived on earth, you've now lived in hell and you get to explore the vast vastness of space. Is that ever lost on you? And do you really get much time to appreciate all the places that you've been? Wow. I honestly hadn't thought about that. Uh, but now that you bring it up, it is pretty cool. Um, I don't want to say that I enjoy it too much, uh, because I'm afraid of where they might send me if I tell them that I have enjoyed it. But yeah, I was there, uh, when Pusha T wrote the, I'm loving it, which was cool. I'm (laughs) a big clips fan. And then hell was pretty, hell wasn't bad either. Like I said, I rubbed a lot of, uh, shoulders and elbows and um space has been neat i never had much of an interest in space as a human or a child or a living being but now that i'm up here uh it's nice um it's quiet and um 
I guess I have gone where most people have not gone before. So it's not all bad. I, I, you mentioned something earlier and I don't want to breeze by it. You're a Clips fan. Are you referring to the Los Angeles Clippers, the basketball team? Oh, no. I, although I do like the Los Angeles Clippers, I am referring to Clips, the rap duo mm. of uh, um, ma- uh, Malice and Pusha T. Now, see, I, I absolutely blew it. Then that just shows my own ignorance. But I, that's okay. I, I like the Clippers and I like, you know, Clips Me too. too. Yeah, I like the Clippers. Um, I am a, mostly a fan of uh, the their name Clippers, which is, I believe, a boat. Isn't that correct? I think that's correct. Yeah, I think a clipper is a boat. Yes. Or like if that. you if you accidentally like if you wing somebody with your car, that's called clipping somebody with yes, your car. So maybe that's, that's what it's too. about. Could be that. Yeah. Um, both. I I appreciate both as uh, boats are the spaceships of the sea. And uh, spaceships are often getting clipped by uh, space debris. So it's a relatable name. I think it's a great name that it perfectly encapsulates the the toughness and the tenacity it takes to make a good object like a boat or a spaceship, but also a good basketball team. It's all yeah. about chemistry. It's not just about one player. Exactly. It's a team sport. And sometimes you got to let the guy who's been sitting on the bench the longest try his hand at a hallucination in which um, maybe uh, you wave to somebody in a public space and then looked behind you and found out that 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 there was somebody behind you that they were waving to and they weren't waving to you. See, I think it's great. And, you know, in the NBA, they have something called the sixth man of the year. And that's for a bench player who comes off and they're the they're the they're the best six man, best play, bench player on the whole team. And I don't know, Gail, I think you could be vying for sixth man of the year up in space. That's so a kind of you. I might, if it's okay with you, quote you on that the next time I have a performance review. I, you know what? If you need a reference letter or somebody to vouch for you, I, I'm your guy because I think I think what you're doing is great. Thank you. It feels nice to be appreciated. You know, I think I what the way you're describing your hallucinations and your approach to your work, it's you know, there's all these fancy songs, you know, like a lot of scales and stuff, but you really just need three chords. And I think you're the three chords of hallucinations. You can't have a song without three chords. That's a great way to put it. I don't, uh, in hell, we're not allowed to listen to music. Um, but from what I remember about it, I appreciate that compliment. What are some of the hallucinations you got coming up? What's in the hopper for you, Gail? Because I'm sure, you know, we're done talking. You're going to go back to space. What's on the menu for just to instill doom and fear and suicidal thoughts into somebody's head? What's on, what's on the docket for you? What's coming up? That's great. One of them is ordering a pair of slippers on the internet and they don't have half sizes and you don't know if to go, a, but your shoe size is a 10 and a half and you don't know <laughs> if you should go 10 or 11. That's one. Sure. Another one is um, uh, you're walking and a dog is pooping and that dog makes eye contact with you while it poops. Those are two that I have lined up. Both of those are terrifying. Gail, I got to tell you, you I, just, I just ordered a shirt and it was a large and I didn't know if I should get a large or an extra large and it's just a little too small. Exactly. So I get it. What a hell. And there's nothing more. Yeah. What a hell. That's a hell on earth. And there's nothing more terrifying than when a dog poops and it's looking right at you. <laughs> exactly. It's almost like that dog is 
pooping on you. Yeah. Why does it have to make eye contact with you while it poops? Uh, Gail, I, I'm curious because what you do sounds, it's really intriguing and you seem very passionate about it, but you know, that's all work. You're, you're trying to get people to, to jump out of a space lock, like I said, or, or however they're going to end their lives in space. Gail, what do you like to do for fun? Because I want to know what's, what's the personal side to Gail that other people might not know. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I will generally, when we find ourselves on a spaceship, um, I like to, uh, map it out in my head using steps. So I will count how many steps it takes me to get to, from the back of the ship to the front of the ship. Uh, mm-hmm. and then I'll do that on however many levels there are. Cause sometimes a level is longer or shorter than the level above or below it. And then I'll also do it across the ship to see how long it takes to get across the ship. Um, if I'm not doing that, uh, I like watching the video logs that are on the thing. Um, sometimes I'll put it on mute and then do my own funny voices, uh, that I'll dub over it. I don't know if what I'm about to say is going to be, is going to have a negative impact on you, but you know, for all the bad rap that suicidal hallucinations get, I don't think you're half bad. Thanks. I appreciate that. I don't think you have to be a jerk. Uh, to get people to throw themselves out of a space lock. Well, if there's voting out there, I want you to go <laughs> online or however you find it to vote for Gail as sixth man of the year for hallucinations, space hallucinations. And, you know, Gail, it's it's a pleasure talking to you. I'm glad but, I got to see a different side of, of space hallucinations. It's a pleasure talking to you, too. I don't often get the opportunity because we're supposed to be all work once we find a ship with uh, space travelers on it. So it's been nice to sit down with someone. Well, hopefully sometime, you know, we can get together and we can catch a Clippers game. That would be uh, great. I would love it this year. They're supposed to be good. They got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, but uh, who knows? I would love that. I hope that we don't have to sit next to somebody who's wearing a jersey with no shirt underneath and their sweaty shoulders are next to mine, but I might use that as a hallucination. That's a really good, in fact, that might be the scariest one that you've come up with. Yeah. That's very scary. It's unpleasant. Well, Gail, best of luck to you in, in the, in the voting. I, I, I wish you nothing but success. I hope so many people jump out of space locks because of you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Gail. Thank you so much for listening to My Neighbors Are Dead. I've been your host, Adam Peacock. The show is produced by myself with Nate DeFort and edited by Nate DeFort. Original music was done by Jesse Case, along with Dane Halverson, and our original artwork was done by Mark Nishan. I want to thank Jake Jabor for coming by and playing Gale and talking about all kinds of spooky space hallucinations. If you want to know more about Jake, check him out on the Meat Podcast and his school, We Improv. You can check those guys out at weimprov.org. If you like the show and you want to support us, please like and subscribe. And if you'd like to donate to the show, you can find us on patreon.com at my neighbors are dead. Follow us on Instagram at my neighbors are dead and on Twitter at my dead neighbors. Again, thank you so much for listening to the show and we'll see you next week. Hello, listeners of My Neighbors Are Dead. Are you ready for a creepy promo? 
My name is Muriel, and I love true crime. I'm Nick, and I am not a fan of true crime. Every week on our new podcast, Muriel's Murders, I handpick a real-life crime story that I think will blow Nick's mind. Muriel is really enthusiastic about researching and telling me these stories, and boy, they are a lot. Some of them are famous. Some of them are weirdly under the radar, but all of them contain crime, violence, and murder from across history and around the globe. How does that make you feel? Nervous. Are you ready to hear a story? No. Too bad. Here comes Muriel's Murders. Join us every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. And check out the original Muriel's Murders animations on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok at Muriel's Murders. Campfire.